0: I remember this argument so vividly, man. I was in our bedroom and we were in the middle of another fight. And this was super normal for us at this time. Layla and I were fighting all the time. In fact, I was convinced that this was like the tail end of our marriage. We were going to end up in divorce. I was looking up divorce lawyers and trying to figure out in my head, like custody, where would my son and daughter go once we separated? It was just a dark season, man. I was just, I, I had just come off a failed church plant. I had been in the church world, church leadership for over a decade and helped plant the church, went sideways. And the guy who was leading that, it just, it turned into a huge mess. Really, really hurt me in the process. Hurt a ton of people, but hurt me too in the process. And um, so I'm just struggling with my identity. I was like deep in depression and my own sin and junk and in isolation. And my marriage has falling apart. I was sucking as a husband, as a dad, and we're standing in the bedroom and we're in, she says something to me that I know like it's going to trigger a fight. And so I'm like, okay, let's fight, you know, let's get into it. And so she says something to me and then I say something back to her on purpose to hurt her. And then her eyes filled up with tears, which you guys know you if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, Layla's usually the strong one. She's the emotional rock. I'm usually more emotionally, like I, I can go sideways uh, quick. I've, I've grown a lot in that area. Layla's helped me grow a lot in that area, but I'm just the emotional one and can say things out of emotion that I end up regretting. And so that's what I did here. I said something on purpose to hurt her in the height of my emotions. And she got tears in her eyes. And I thought, oh, she's getting emotional. I must be winning this argument. And she looked at me after pausing and she said, Jared, I just want you to know that I've been waking up every morning. I set my alarm for two in the morning and I go into the living room and I've been getting on my face and I've been begging God to capture your heart again. And that was really... I've said the story to you guys multiple times. I've written about this, but that was really a life-changing moment. That sentence in particular was a life-changing sentence because I was ready to fight. I was ready to duke it out and to do what I needed to you know, win an argument, but I was not prepared for my wife to tell me that she had been waking up in the middle of the night and she had been praying for me and praying that God would capture my heart again. And we talked about this last week, but it was really the kindness of my wife. It was the kindness of God through my wife That led me to repentance, just like we talked about last week with strong-willed children. You know, how do we deal with their strong emotions? It's not our anger or our deep discipline, it's our kindness that will oftentimes lead our kids back to repentance. And that was true for me in that moment. And that's why this resonates so deeply with me is because it was the kindness of God through my wife that led me to repentance. Listen, dude, I was a pastor for 12 years at that point. Like I knew all the churchy answers. I knew that I should have been reading my Bible more and praying more, and I shouldn't have been isolated. And I should probably be talking to friends and all these things. I knew all the right Christian answers, but it was the kindness of God that cut through all of that through my wife and just melted my heart. And I remember in that season, as like I God started to capture my heart again, I started to come back to God and really like figure out, okay, what does it mean to to stumble my way to spiritual leadership, to be humble enough to repent? to like turn away from my sin. In the middle of all that, uh, as we were starting to heal our marriage and our family, someone asked Layla, like, why'd you stick around? You know, like Jared was a deadbeat. (laughs) There are plenty of fish in the sea. You could have like gone anywhere. And all of those things are true, by the way. She could have gone. She should have left. Uh, I was a deadbeat, all of that. And I remember someone asking her that. And she said, God did not leave me in my mess. How in the world can I leave Jared in his? And that, you guys, was like, the deepest, clearest, simplest version of the gospel I had ever personally seen. Listen, I I had preached the gospel probably hundreds of times at that point. I'd given a bunch of messages. I've talked a ton. You know, I I could have told you the gospel and Bible scriptures and all that, but that moment was the clearest example of the gospel that I had ever personally experienced. Somebody that saw me in my mess, knew all of me and said, I'm still sticking around. I'm going to take this messy gross thing, and I'm going to make it beautiful. And that is exactly what God has done for you and I. He's taken our mess. He's taking our mess and our brokenness, the gross stuff of our life, all the areas where we've said, I'm going to try to be God, and we failed, and we've turned it into a mess. And instead of God bailing on us in our mess, God said, I will not leave you. I won't leave you. Scripture says, I won't leave you like an orphan. Like He's adopted us in as sons and daughters, and he's taking the mess. He's taken the mess, and he's making it beautiful. That's the gospel. The gospel summed up is the Bible should be one page long. You and I should have been abandoned by God in the middle of our mess, and instead of him leaving us, he chased us down with his love. He should have poured out his punishment on you because of your sin. He should have punishment on me because of my sin. And instead, he put his punishment on Jesus so that he could pour out his righteousness, his perfection on us. It's crazy. It's insane. I don't know if you guys know this, but that's how Dad Tired started. Like, I wasn't trying to... I was. For sure, done with ministry. I wanted nothing to do with ministry ever again. I had made a commitment, dude. I hate like ministry, the politics of it, the messiness of it. It starts to feel like a business. It doesn't even like I was just really, really, really jaded. It took a long time for me to heal from that until like even just go back to church. But I was committed to never be in ministry again. And in the middle of that mess, and God like restoring me and starting to heal me and all that stuff, I wrote this blog that basically just told the story that I just told you. Layla waking up in the middle of the night. Praying from my heart, me deciding to not leave my family the way that my dad left me. And so I was just like, okay, I'm going to commit to following Jesus the best that I can. He's gonna chase me down his love in the same way that my wife hasn't left me, God hasn't left me, and I'm gonna do my best to be the man God's called me to be, to be the dad that God's called me to be. And so I wrote this blog about that. And by the way, I wasn't like a blogger. Nobody was reading anything I was writing. I wasn't even trying to be a blogger, it was more like a Facebook post. And this mommy blog. This big mommy blog, picked it up, found it, shared it, and then it just started going viral. All these mommy blogs started picking up, these Christian blogs, and then this little post I wrote or this little blog I wrote just started to go out to the masses. And I didn't know anything about like things going viral or online, anything. I just, I, I was like a normal dude broken in my mess, like trying to save my own family. And so in the middle of that, I had guys reaching out to me from all over the country and even around the world, and they were like, hey dude, read your article. I feel the same way. I feel like I suck as a husband and dad, but I don't want to bail. I don't want to give up on my family. And that is how Dad Tired started. I remember I just took those guys who were messaging me and I put them in a little Facebook group because I was like, we should talk to each other, encourage each other. And so we called the group Dad Tired kind of tongue in cheek. And all of a sudden it exploded. Those guys were like, hey, you should process this stuff on a podcast. So I put my little headphones in, started recording a podcast. And dude, that was that was seven years ago. And it's it's been insane. It's grown like crazy. But here's the thing. I remember as Dad Tired started to grow and it like it went from me just trying to get a bunch of guys to talk to each other to like, oh man, I think this is ministry. I I would say, I think I, I feel like God tricked me back into ministry because I had no plans to be in it. But as I started to realize, okay, this is ministry, and I'm in ministry again, I just made a commitment and I just said, like, God, as long as you want me to speak to guys or whatever this is going to look like, my commitment is I'm just going to preach the gospel. That's all I know. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians. He says, 1 Corinthians 2, he says, for I've decided to know nothing among you except Christ and Christ crucified. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, that is my posture with dad tired. I have no idea what I'm doing. If you've listened to this podcast a while, I don't think anyone walks away from this podcast and be like, oh, Jared's a great parenting expert. He has a PhD in uh, parenting. And that's why I go to him so that we can learn how to be better parents. Dude, I don't. And you know that. P.S., like just side note, I didn't even finish college. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay, I'm not an expert. I know that I've taken the same posture as Paul took. I have decided to know nothing among you. I know nothing among you, dude, except Jesus Christ and Christ crucified. I know nothing among you except that God should have left me in my mess and he didn't. He stuck around and he chased me down with his great love. And I got a picture of that, the clearest picture I've ever got of that when my wife decided to say, I see you in your mess and I'm not leaving you, which by the way, is what marriage is for. It's to point, our marriages are meant to point the world to the gospel, Two people deciding to see each other in their all their nakedness, in the full context of that word, all their mess, and to say, I see you in your brokenness, and I'm sticking around because God stuck around for me. And would that picture on earth be a model to the rest of the world to say, oh, wow, is that what God's like? That our kids would look at that and say, whoa, is this what God's like? That he sees us in our mess, and instead of running away, he chases us down in his great love? And that's the picture I got from Layla she showed me in real life even though i knew the gospel in my head i could preach it or whatever but i saw it in real life i felt it tangibly i knew what it's like to be pursued in the middle of my brokenness and so i just made a commitment god that's all i've decided i'm gonna know nothing among anyone except to preach christ and christ crucified i remember one time we did this conference in texas it was tiny little it was like out in the middle of nowhere i was actually in egypt the week before this conference and uh, obviously a, a country I knew nothing about. I didn't speak the language. It felt totally foreign to me. I came home and I went to Texas like a couple days later. And I remember calling Layla on the way to this conference. It was out in the middle of nowhere, which by the way, Texas, You got some crazy like out in the middle nowhere places. (laughs) Uh, I was like, am I going to die out here? I'm driving and I called Layla and she's like, hey, how is it? I'm like, babe, I feel more like I'm in a different country right now in the middle of this Texas. (laughs) Like I've been driving for what feels like 10 hours and I haven't seen anyone. (laughs) So I was was just like, I felt more comfortable in Egypt than I do right here in Texas. Anyway, that's not a knock on Texas. I love Texas, especially the barbecue. Anyway, so I drive out to this conference and it's tiny, small little thing in this little room. I'm teaching, and again, I've just taken the posture. All I know is Christ, Christ crucified. So we're people come because of like the you know they think it's a dad tired conference they're gonna learn how to be better dads, which by the way that's what we're trying to do. But all of it is just bathed in the gospel. So this guy walks in from the back, and I can tell he looks super confused. Like where am I? And so he's I can tell I can just see on his face he doesn't really know where he is. And so I'm like, hey dude, do you are, do you know where you are? Like are you trying to find the dad tired thing? He's like, yeah, my wife sent me here. She says there was like breakfast, you know? (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, dude, come sit down. So the whole day I'm just talking, I'm sharing stories. We're we're talking about dad stuff, husband stuff, father stuff, discipleship stuff. And uh, I can see, dude, like I can just tangibly see him like squirming in a seat, like the Holy Spirit, like working out stuff in him. I could see it. And uh, at the end of, at the very last session, right before, like we end up, we we end the, our time together. I, I pray, I say amen. And he just takes off, like he leaves the room. And I was like, that's kind of, you know, that was weird because I felt like something was happening all, all day in this guy. So anyway, he emails me the next day and he says, hey man, I meant to talk to you afterwards, but I was way too emotional. I just had to, I had to leave and go out to the lake and I just bawled my eyes out because I've realized like how much I've failed my family and I've not been the man that God's called me to be. I haven't been the husband God's called me to be or the dad God's called me to be. And dude, you know what's crazy about that story? I didn't give crazy parenting advice. I didn't give some hidden secrets. I didn't say like, hey, here's the hack on how to hack your life and hack your marriage and parenting. I literally just preached the gospel. I say this at the end of the conference. You may have come here thinking you're going to get marriage tips or parenting tips, but my goal is really that you would just know the gospel, that everything we do as husbands, fathers, and men is through the lens of the gospel. And so I just preached the gospel the best that I knew how, that day. And the gospel is what changed that guy. That guy, by the way, his name is Dustin. He's now one of the top leaders that we have. When I say top, I mean like he's one of the main leaders that we have in our family leadership program. He pours out his all his life to see other men now experience the gospel and to be the husbands and men that God's calling them to be. He's gone through dad tire groups at his church. He's led groups online. Like, the dude is a stud. And all of that came about of him just hearing the gospel, of viewing himself as a man, a husband, and a father through the lens of the gospel. And so I just keep preaching Christ and Christ crucified. And I sincerely believe that we don't need anything more than that. I was at a conference recently, and they asked me to come on stage and to share some like tips, this was with a group of ministry leaders, and they were asking me to share some tips on like you know how has the ministry grown? How would you? What advice would you give to us ministry leaders on how to communicate and things like this? And uh, dude, I just <laughs> I don't know anything. I've committed that I've decided I don't know anything among you. <laughs> I've decided there are people in this room way more qualified to do ministry than me. Okay, so I'm sitting in this room. I've got a microphone. I'm on stage, and they're asking me that you know like what advice would you give? And dude, I literally just said you know what? I don't really know except to preach the gospel. All of you guys are doing great ministry and you're talking to a bunch of people, but I would just remind you, just keep preaching the gospel. And you want to know what? Honestly, I could tell the room was like let down, like they were like disappointed, like they set down their pens. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they had their notebooks and like, all right, what advice are we going to get? And then they were just like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, preach the gospel. Yeah, whatever. They, They weren't like rude about it. They were obviously very gracious and stuff, but I could just tell it didn't like It didn't hit the way I was hoping it would hit. And the reason is, it's because we always just want something more, dude. Even as this ministry has grown, listen, the ministry has grown great. We have over five and a half million. We're coming up to five and a half million downloads on this podcast at the time of me recording. We've done thousands. We've seen thousands of guys go through the conferences and the books and blah, 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 all that stuff. But dude, even as I've seen it grow, there's a part of me that's like, okay, we better do something else. We better do something more fancy. We better figure out some other secret thing, say something different. Dude, I just keep getting reminded over and over, preach the gospel, Christ crucified, Christ crucified. And if you are a listener to this podcast, if you've been part of this podcast for a while, you know, that's pretty much all I'm doing. And I have a feeling you keep coming back because you just, your soul, even if you've never consciously said this, your soul knows You just need the gospel. You just need to be reminded of the gospel over and over and over again. And listen, the the gospel never gets old. The fact that God should have bailed on you and he didn't and he keeps chasing you down, it never gets old. And that message will keep changing our lives, bro. It will keep changing the way that we're husbands and parents and the way we work, the way we view our community and our neighbors. It changes everything. This wife sent me a picture on Instagram not too long ago. And it was a picture of her husband sitting on the couch with her, her kids. He was talking to his kids about Jesus really casually. It wasn't like doing this formal devotion or anything. He was just casually talking to his kids about Jesus. And she said, this would have never happened. I could have never imagined this happening without dad tired. And bro that's not because i have we've given crazy parenting advice or secrets it's just the gospel the gospel is changing that guy's life and as a result he's talking to his kids about it and his kids are going to experience the gospel because of that it's enough the gospel is enough we did a uh, as you know a dad tired retreat our very first one this year and this guy came up to me <laughs> super funny he came up to me i think i told the story recently but he came up to me and he said he had just heard the podcast like a couple weeks before the retreat and he decided to sign up. And then he saw that we, were, we had set up where you could like carpool with other dad tired guys. And these guys live far away. I want to say it was like 10 or 12 hour drive away from where we we're doing the retreat. And so he signs up to carpool to meet other dad tired guys and to drive down with them. And he <laughs> his wife dropped him off at this like little barbecue restaurant to meet these guys. And she's like, "Are you gonna die? Like, is what what is happening right now? You found a podcast, and now you're going to some retreat in Arkansas with some dude you've never met. Like, you're dry. like, what is happening? Are you gonna die?" And he's like, "I have no idea. Let's just see what happens." And he got in the car, and he said, "I just immediately felt like I was with brothers." And those guys drove, and he just like they just hit it off. He he told me at that retreat, he's like, "Dude, this is a unicorn thing. Like, I, I've been part of men's ministries and." church ministry for a long time. I've never seen anything like this. By the way, there was also a group of guys there from Minnesota who they just typed in their zip code on dadtired.com, found uh, other guys live near them. It was just like one guy typed in a zip code, found that there was another dad Tired guy near him. They started to meet, ended up turning into a group, I think of four or five guys. Those guys started to meet, hit it off so much, became such close brothers that they invited their wives to start meeting. Now the wives and the families get together on a regular basis to encourage each other toward the gospel, towards the things of God. Listen, bro, all of that happens not because we're giving crazy parenting advice or marriage advice, but because we truly believe the gospel is enough. It's enough. We don't need to add anything more to it. There's a ton of good ministries out there, man. I've, I've met so many leaders who are working with men and doing really good men stuff. I think the thing that sets us apart or the thing that Maybe it's just a way for us to cut through everything else is that, yes, we're a dad ministry. Yes, we're a men's ministry. Yes, we talk about marriage, but at the heart of everything we do, whether it's a podcast or a retreat or a devotional or whatever, everything we do, we want to point you back to the gospel, the good news that God should have bailed on you and he didn't. The Bible isn't one page long as it should be. The Bible is thousands of pages long because it's a story of God chasing humanity down. And you know this. God has chased you down. And when you sit in that, when you wake up and you say, dude, God should have bailed on me. I'm I'm fully aware of how sinful and wicked I am. God should have left. And yet here you are listening to a podcast about Jesus. It's evidence that God is still chasing you down that he will complete the work that he started in you and in your wife and in your kids and in your family for generations to come. God is relentless in his love toward his people. Bro, when you sit in that, it just radically changes the way that you operate in life. How in the world are you going to reflect on your sin and then reflect on the grace that's been given to you and not love your wife better? How in the world are you going to recognize how patient God's been toward you and not be more patient with your kids? How gracious God's been toward you and not be gracious toward your coworkers? How generous God's been toward you and not be more generous toward your neighbors? Like, dude, the gospel changes everything. And so, yes, we've been doing this ministry seven years. I don't think we have any new messages. And truthfully, I'm not going to give any new hip trendy messages in the next 17 years. I'm just going to claim to know one thing and that's Jesus Christ and Christ crucified because I believe that that's enough for families to be changed for generations to come. And so here's what I'm asking from you guys. If you've made it this far into my rambling, I trust that the Holy Spirit has kept you here. Thank you. Here's what I'm going to ask for you, bro. I'm going to ask that you help pour gasoline on this fire like I said, the dad-tired ministry has grown like crazy. Most churches and ministries are trying to figure out how do we reach dads 20 years old to 40 years old. Like how do we reach young guys in that demographic? Bro, the truth is God has been generous to us. He's been, He's given us his favor. He's been kind to us. And we've reached tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of guys in that demographic. And again, not through anything fancy or clever, just the gospel. And so we're asking God, all right, God, there's a fire here. Would you help us pour gasoline on this fire? Because we want to see more families, more men, more marriages reached for the gospel, by the gospel, and for the sake of the gospel around the world. And so I'm asking you, bro, would you help me pour gas on this fire? I don't want to bombard you guys every episode asking you to give. And so I just want to give you like, this is my, this is my attempt to once a year, maybe twice a year, just give you an update on what we're doing, where we're going as a ministry and ask you to be a part of it. If this resonates with you, if you're like listening to this and you're like, yes, we need more of this, I'm just asking you, would you give a one-time gift to help us see this thing explode in the next year? Help us pour gas on this fire, turn it into a massive bonfire where more and more guys are reached. Let me tell you some things that we're working on as we go into 2023. As we speak, we're currently setting up technology and all the resources so that we can have 10,000 guys meeting in small groups whether that's online or in person. We're setting up all the technology and resources and things that we need to do so that you can find a group online or in person where you can have what those guys in Minnesota had, what that guy talked about he was carpooling, what Dustin had when he founded that conference around other guys. Like What we want is 10,000 guys to get connected in a small group where they have a regular group of friends that they're meeting with like-minded guys that they're meeting with, that they can be encouraged by the gospel to be the husbands, fathers, and men that God's called them to be. So our goal in the next 12 to 18 months is that we would see 10,000 guys meeting in small groups. We're currently working on that right now. We're setting up all the technology and resources for you to do that. We're actively also creating what's called the Dad Tired Academy. This will be an online portal where you can go on, it's a training center, where you can go through courses to practically learn, okay, what does it look like for me to apply the gospel in my real life, in my marriage when it's failing, after my wife just had a baby, when my kids have meltdowns, with my finances, with technology, like all the topics, we're gonna create a hub, an online resource called the Dad Tired Academy, where you can just log in, watch courses, and go through courses on all different kinds of topics so that you can practically lead your family. We're currently working what's called Dinner time devotional cards. And these will be like a deck of cards that you can just pull out at dinner, keep them on the dinner table, pull them out at dinner, ask one question to your family that's going to help point them back to Jesus. I know a lot of you guys want to use dinner time and yet you feel stuck. Like, what do I say? Uh, what do I say every night? And so we just put these cards together. We're working on putting these cards together. Just pull out a card, give a question, and it will help stir up good gospel centered discussion at dinner time. And then finally, we've created a totally free online community where you can start meeting other dad tired guys like today right now so if you go to connect.dadtired.com it's totally free you can sign up for that i know a lot of you guys don't have social media we purposely are trying to be off social media so it's our own little platform there's no ads one guy said no ads just dads i thought that was really like dad jokey and clever no ads, just dads, uh, just guys on there that are trying to connect with each other. And so that's totally free. You can go on there right now. You can start discussing this podcast, finding other guys that live near you, all that stuff, connect.dadtire.com. Again, over the next 12 to 18 months, we are believing and we're trusting that 10,000 guys can start meeting with each other, shoulder to shoulder, face to face, whether that's, again, online. I know a lot of you guys are traveling for work and stuff. So whether it's an online weekly group or it's an in-person weekly group or bi-weekly or whatever, however you guys decide to do it. We want to facilitate 10,000 guys meeting. And so that's what I'm asking you to help get a part of, like pour the gasoline on the fire here. It's going to take a ton of resources. You guys know in order to like run a ministry, run a family, run a business, we need more resources to see the thing grow. And so if you feel compelled, if you're listening, you're like, I want to be part of that, man. I want to see my money be used for the kingdom of God in huge ways. Then I'm asking you to give a one-time gift, Not going to bombard you every week, but just give a one time gift at the end of the year to help us go into next year ready to go so that we can equip more guys with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We just really believe, man, uh, we don't know anything, but we do know Christ and Christ crucified. It's changed me personally. It's changed a lot of you personally. And we have a feeling that there's a ton more guys who are going to hear the gospel. They're going to think they're hearing about dad stuff or father stuff, husband stuff whatever, but they're going to hear the gospel and their lives are going to change for the glory of God. And so we're asking you to be part of that. If you want to be, go to dadtire.com forward slash give, make a one-time gift to help us pour gasoline on this fire. Again, dadtire.com forward slash give. I love you guys. Uh, we're going to just keep rolling through episodes for the rest of the year. So we decided not to take any breaks, man, too much momentum. But with that said, I, I want you guys to have a great Christmas. I love you. I hope you, uh, Get some time to connect with the family. Take some time off of work and just be fully present. Set your phone down. But man, I'm so pumped for next year. All right, you guys. I love you. I'll talk to you later.